Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of the Sajan Photography Podcast. My name is Jason Teal, and today we're going to talk a little bit about a trip I recently went on with the Korea Tourism Organization way up in Gangneung, South Korea, which is a place that I find really interesting because it hits on a couple of things. One, it was where I did most of the work for the PyeongChang Olympics with the visa company way back when, but it's also Korea's home to all things coffee. And if you know me, I absolutely love coffee and it's in fact what I'm drinking right now. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, how I got up there, my thoughts about doing these tours with the KTO and how we as photographers can actually help improve tourism in Korea by actually talking to the KTO or taking content that I believe is a lot better than maybe some of the Instagram or stuff that you see populating Instagram and other online platforms at the moment. So the big question here is how does one actually get onto one of these tours and what's the process like? Well, believe it or not, it actually came about because of my good friend, Nate, who does the this Korean Life podcast, who I've known for many, many years, but he was contacted by one of his contacts, and it all boiled down to they had a tour for, I think, some high-level dignitaries and business people that had some people pull out at the last moment, and Nate couldn't do it, so he passed it on to me and a few other people. Now, this isn't really like they're just giving you a tour as well. They're also kind of vetting the people because they just don't want you know, some dude with a camera or, you know, some Joe Schmo off the street. They're actually looking for people that have made some sort of impact or something. The people that were a part of this tour were fairly dignified, dignitaries, high-level people, uh, business owners, things like that. And for me, I was a little bit worried because, well, you know, I am a photographer. I do run Wilson Online and things like that. I don't really consider myself on the same league as like, say, the general manager of one of the most expensive hotels in the city, who is also part of this tour. So again, like I'm sort of a little bit low man on the totem pole here. But what I liked about this was that it gave me a chance to sort of meet and greet and hang out with these people and see how they tick. Because ultimately, what I'm trying to figure out as a photographer is what really resonates with these kinds of people. Because to be honest, they're the ones who have the ability to get you into events to help you get your name out with probably the people who can afford to actually pay for a photographer. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that how you get on these tours a lot has to do with who you know and what you do. And I know that sounds very simple, but when I talk to a lot of photographers who have been around for a while, who are just getting into the scene, they want to get a part of these tours or they want to get people interested in what they do so that they can do, I don't know, like TV appearances or yeah, get a paid weekend in, in some random city. But the point is what you want to do is build up a portfolio, yes, but also get in touch with these people and contact them on a sort of a mature level and sort of pitch yourself. And a lot of times they're very open to what you can do. But I think the main thing here is, is what can you offer them? It's fine if you want a paid weekend in Gangneung, but what can you really give back to them? And that's what's going to get you on the next tour, or that's what's going to get you into their 
Rolodex, I guess if anyone really knows what that is anymore, but it'll get you into their contact list so that when they're looking for somebody for an event or for a tour, they're going to come to you. So now with that being said, Nate, I think contacted me on Thursday. I kind of made it through the vetting process on Friday and I kid you not, I was on a KTX train up to Seoul probably at about 5.30 in the morning on Saturday morning to sort of meet up with the group in Seoul. And it was it was crazy, but it was also kind of a great experience because with the pandemic, I haven't really had a chance to, say, meet up with anyone outside of a very small, close circle of friends. And even that, I didn't really meet up with anybody for the last, say, six months or so. So it was a really odd experience just to sort of be around physical people and not online or in Zoom meetings. And it was a really good chance to sort of meet up with an old friend, Derek, who I'd worked with at Buffs, who's now doing a tensile tense and things like that. And also Laura McLucky-John, who is probably one of the most prominent expat members of the community in Busan. She does a ton of great stuff with the wellness and Wellme, her company there. And it was a really good chance to sort of touch base with a lot of people like that because, again, I haven't been outside with human beings outside of my camera, physical people in a very long time, let alone on a bus blasting across the country. So that was a very interesting and fun experience. Now, keep in mind, as a photographer, this is a struggle because you want to sort of be a part of the group, but you also want to sort of document the group at the same time. And this is where I struggle a little bit because I do want to make an impression on people. I don't want to be the wonkta, the guy off in the corner taking pictures. But for my style of photography, I sort of need to pull myself away because if I get too much into the group, then I don't take any photos or what I do are just snapshots and anyone with a phone camera can do the same thing. So for me, this was a challenge, especially on the first uh, leg of the journey where we went to this amazing lunch spot. And yeah, I'm trying to sort of juggle and introduce myself to people, but also catch a few good photos here and there, but also not be the just the dude with the camera. So when I first started, I didn't really get the shots that I wanted, I don't think, just because it was just, you know, I was a blender head at that time, just clicking and talking and clicking and eating. And it all seemed very rushed to me just because I'm trying to juggle so many things at the same time. Whereas I think most of the people were sort of just kind of leaning into the good food and just getting off the bus and stretching their legs a little bit. So that for me was a little bit of a challenge. And it was something that sort of carried through because I did want to get some good shots, but I also wanted to sort of meet and network with a lot of the people there. So that was the sort of the trick. And I think if you're a photographer going on these like photo walks or any time where you have to socialize, it is tricky to sort of handle both worlds because for me, I just want to pull back and document and get some photos. But also at the same time, you sort of need to talk to people to, to really get your name out and kind of show who you are. Now, I'm going to spare you the play-by-play -play of the entire weekend and just sort of focus on some of the things that stood out for me that during the weekend. And one of them was just during the daytime, it was a great sort of mix of history and we had a chance to do some traditional calligraphy, 
which I, I did try my hand at the uh, calligraphy with the paintbrush and whatnot, and it turned out all right. But again, like sometimes the events that you do are not conducive to sort of good photography, at least in my books, just because they're not set up for you to take pictures. They're set up for you to experience whatever it is that they're teaching. But one event that we did, which I believe it was at uh, one of the more historical places in Gangneung, which I believe is called... Uh, and correct me on the pronunciation if you knew as Song Yo Zhang, and it was a traditional tea ceremony, and this was a beautiful ceremony that it was a little bit cold in the actual um, little hut area that we did it in, but it was very nice, and I did get some good shots of that. And thankfully, as the rest of the group left, the tour leader Nick allowed me a small chance to shoot with the ladies who are doing the tea ceremony. So I'm very happy that I had a chance to get some shots there. Now, as we moved on, it was sort of a, you know, your typical tour. So it's back to back places. So again, by probably about dinner time, I had just sort of put my camera away because I was done. I'd been on the road since 530, but up since probably four, I was done and by the time we got back to the hotel, I was just out cold. Uh, the next morning, though, it was it was killing me because we got up early to do the yoga and meditation. But as we're doing this, we're facing the sunset. And this was on the 20th floor of the Sky Bay Hotel, which has an infinity pool. It has a great lookout. And the sky was just exploding that day. And it's really hard to sort of, you know, find your inner peace when your camera is sitting next to you and the sky is just going nuts. So I did get a chance to shoot right after we finished. But again, like it was really difficult to sort of get some good shots because again, my head's not really in the game. I don't even think I have my tripod with me. So I was just like sort of balancing it on the deck and whatnot. But I did get some okay shots, but nothing really, you know, fantastic. But Following breakfast, we were given some time to walk along the beach and go out on our own for an hour or so. And that's when I really did get some great shots, or at least ones that I was happy with. Because the last time I was there, I was working on a piece with uh, Hyundai Hotels, and we stayed at the Seamark, which is just down the road from the Sky Bay. The problem with that weekend was it was pouring rain the whole weekend, and really... Inside the room was great, but outside was just a gray, foggy mess. So this was a great time to sort of go back and recapture the shots I wanted to. And as well as if you follow my work, you know that I have a penchant for lighthouses. And there's a lighthouse right in the area along the beach side. So I got some good shots there. And one that I was really happy with is when I was walking along the beach, I met up with Derek again as he was walking back from... I think he was swimming in the ocean or something, but he, you know, he was like my subject and that came out really well with the morning light and whatnot. So I was very happy with those shots. So following that, we went to Terra Rosa Coffee, which was absolutely amazing because I just, it brought me back to my days as a barista at Cafe Artigiano in Vancouver. And I really, again, was more focusing on trying to capture the environment there, which Kind of, you know, it, it went okay, but you know, nothing, nothing too great. 
But I, also, I was bringing out my film camera a little bit more. And on this trip, I brought my y- Yashica, the Electro 35, which I love to bring around because I don't have to fiddle with lenses or anything. It's a really good, quiet camera to sort of shoot. And it was also, I brought it as a conversation piece because I think a lot of people, when they see the Yashica, they think it's some sort of expensive camera, but really it's, you know, you can pick them up on eBay for next to nothing, but they work great. So I had that out and about, and then, you know, I got some great shots, particularly of the brewery that we went to on our final stop before we jetted off home. And overall, I think it was a great weekend and I really enjoyed networking with all the people. What this tour really gave me perspective on is how the KTO or the Creatourism organization runs sort of their Instagrammer or influencer outreach or how they get people interested in these tours and in Korea in general. And one of the problems I always had was that I felt that they were sort of reaching out to the wrong people in some cases. Now, if you think that I'm going to be bashing on influencers, I'm not. I really think that they're useful in the sense that they can get a whole bunch of young people riled up about Korea and K-pop and all of this stuff. And that's sort of the right demographic if you're shooting for the Myeongdong K-pop sort of things. But one size doesn't really fit all. And I think that was the main thing that we ended up talking about was that When the KTO does a massive advertising campaign or a new thing, they tend to usually only focus on one type of demographic or foreigner style, I guess you could say. But I've really felt that there are, and there always has been, a use for photographers, regardless of your background, people that really can make beautiful images. And I feel that in some cases, that's a facet that the KTO needs to work on, is they need to build up a large library of beautiful images and market that through Facebook or TikTok or wherever people are doing that. And this was something that I've always had sort of an interest in way back, even before there was ever a thing called influencers. And it never really took off because they sort of focused on different things here and there, the beat and bop thing. And that was one of the topics I brought up is that if you talk to anyone, yeah, sure, everybody loves beat and bop. And that's what the KTO focused on for a couple of years, but really there are other areas that they can really go with. And I I think that's a good sort of analogy for say the images and the tours is that even on this tour, you know, we were all from different backgrounds, so you can't really paint us with the same brush. And I think that that's sort of what they need to sort of look at is who they're marketing towards. And again, um, when I think about how a photographer can help, it's just a matter of being able to gain access to certain areas and then really helping work with the KTO to create these amazing images. And I think that there needs to be a little bit more feedback than just photo contests where they get the rights to your images and give you, you know, some money. I think that there needs to be a larger exchange of ideas and access or something where they can get a group of photographers together and say, hey, we will get you to this place. Can you take some good images for us? And I think that that experience, and then when we come back, write our blogs or put it on Instagram and write the captions, or hey, make a podcast about Korean photography, we're going to talk about these places. And I think that's going to get the message out a lot more than just, you know, 
giving kids a free tour or something like that. Like there has to be an exchange. And I think that's where you're going to get a lot better ideas and a lot more content generated. But again, you can't paint everyone with the same brush. Influencers have their place. Business people have their place. And I think that what we need to do is open it up to a multifaceted approach to really get people interested in Korea. Now, with that being said, I just want to thank the KTO and all of the people that I met on that tour. It was really good meeting everybody. Thank you, Nick and Simon, for translating and working the magic to get us all to where we want to go and to have a really good time. Thank you to Laura and Derek, who are amazing people. And if you're ever looking for a tent, check out Derek's stuff, Tensile Korea, which I'll link below. And again, Laura's site, WellMe, which is an amazing source of health and wellness in the Busan area. And with that, I'm going to leave you guys until next week. Thank you very much. And I'll talk at you again. Bye-bye. <laughs>